Thanks for joining me for season five of the We're Not Done Yet podcast. This is Susan Macias, and I'm so glad you're here as we talk about how we can serve the Lord, how we can serve our communities and each other. Because if we're not home yet, we're not done yet. Hey, friends, I'm so glad you're here for episode 511 of the We're Not Done Yet podcast. This is the first of a two-part interview of Kathy Lipp. She is, a for me, a mentor and teacher, and I just love all she has to say. This week, we're going to be talking about the empty nest, about blended families, about um, really following the Lord's leading, even when there's not time and money to do so. And next week, we will be talking about her new book, The Accidental Homesteader, What I've Learned About Chickens, Compost, and Creating Home. And it is just as much fun as that's, that title sounds like. It's out this week, so check it out on Amazon. I'll have links in the show notes. But for now, just enjoy this first part of the conversation. You're going to love Kathy. Welcome to the We're Not Done Yet podcast. I am giddy over uh, my guest today. I have Kathy Lip with us, who I know from writing at the Red House and who is going to share so much with you today. Thank you, Kathy, so much for being on this podcast. Are you kidding? I'm so excited to be here, Susan. You have been uh, such a great partner on so many things, and I love having you as part of the Red House group, like our homie, you know, it's just the best. So thank you so much for having me on today. Oh, it's a privilege. Um, I will tell you all a little bit about Kathy. If you don't know her, she's a Publishers Weekly bestselling author of Get Ready 20 Books. And all of us go, oh, yay, Kathy, I'm so happy for you. But we don't compare, right, Kathy? We don't compare with each other and what God has done through each of us. So yay you for writing 20 books. Thank you. Including The Accidental Homesteader, An Abundant Place, Daily Retreats for Women Who Can't Get Away, which was a lovely book. Um, Overwhelmed, which I have, but I've been so overwhelmed and busy, I haven't yet read it. And then Clutter Free. Along with being part of Encourage and Day Spring Writing Team, she's the host of Clutter Free Academy podcast. So welcome, mm-hmm. Kathy. Um, so excited to hear about you and your Red House, your mini homestead that you've created with Roger. You have seven chickens and a nine-pound dog, Moose. So Moose is right. big in spirit, but not necessarily in stature. Well, this is exactly true. She has paced, uh, what we figured out was probably about a 300 pound buck off of our property. (laughs) And we had a bear come visit one time a couple of years ago and she barked so much the bear ran away. So we've had return visits from the bear, but the bear now stays on the other side of the house. There you go. Okay. So you are in the California mountains. What part? Right. So we're Sierra Nevada. So we're we're in the more rural part of Lake Tahoe. So uh, yeah, we're kind of near Sacramento-ish, but we're definitely up in the mountains. We're at 3,600 feet. Wow. That is so awesome. Okay. So we're going to talk today about all kinds of things. This whole living in the mountains wasn't exactly where you originally intended to be. And so that's sort of what walking with Jesus looks like at times, isn't it? (laughs) It's like, I know that, you know, God makes our lives bigger. This just wasn't the route I thought was going to happen, but Mm -hmm. it uh, I now I can't imagine it any other way. And isn't that so like God? Yeah. 
Yeah. And so we're going to particularly talk about um, the empty nest, but you, you talk in this book about managing resources during all of this transition that we've had. Yeah. And boy, can every age identify with that because in the last five years, how much transition has there been in our lives? It seems like, you know, every time we think we are on solid ground, something else changes. So sure. um, how have you been moving from this one transition to another? How have you found that? Yeah. Well, you know, our journey was from, okay, we, you know, Roger and I, this is a blended family, um, second marriage for both of us. And, you know, we had our four kids and we were living in a tiny townhouse. I mean, not tiny, but with six people, it felt tiny, uh, 1400 square feet in the middle of Silicon Valley, you know, very tied to our jobs, very tied to the airport, tied to all of that. and then. Uh, we, we, we'd always dream, we loved going to the mountains and we thought, what if we could get just like a one room, you know, like little get a tear somewhere in the mountains that we could just go and um, spend weekends at. And then God kept enlarging the vision. It was so crazy, you know, and let's be honest, some of it was us enlarging the vision too. But we really would have been satisfied with just like a little one room. We we came up with the idea while we were on vacation in a one room little cabin. And we thought, what if we could Airbnb this? And so it went from a little space of ourselves to what if we could Airbnb to financially afford this? And then we thought, well, what if we could get a couple of extra rooms and we could turn it into a writer's retreat? And so we found this house. And then my husband said, what if we could move there full time? And so it was a, it was one, what if on top of a, what if, what on top of a, what if that got us to move from our little tiny house in Silicon Valley, all of our kids are grown, which opens up so many more opportunities to living full time in the mountains on 33 acres. Wow. That's just amazing. What a, that is a huge difference. It's huge. huge. Like we, if we had known everything, we might've been too scared to do it. And I'm so glad we didn't know everything because yeah. we love it. It's really, it's really good. God doesn't let us know. I mean, we very yes. flippantly said, we love kids. Let's have lots of kids. And I'm so right. glad we had seven children, but if yeah. we had known what, oh, let's homeschool. Okay. You know, <laughs> if we had known. <laughs> right. God right? is gracious to not, you know, prophesy everything that that's going to mean beforehand. Well, and Susan, I look at it this way, because you and I are both writers and creators, right? And so we can take these really challenging things, and we can apply really creative solutions. Mm -hmm. But we have to say yes first. And like, when I start a writing project, I don't know where it's going. Mm -hmm. When you start a podcast, you don't always know where it's going. and then we end up in this really amazing place that our bra brains could not have conceived of. Yeah. And I and love the creativity yeah. of the Lord. I just love the creativity yes, of the Lord. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So let's go back to when your kids left home and yeah. you a blended family. So there's all the challenges of that. And many listeners right. will identify with that. But did you find the empty nest season challenging or were you looking forward to it? So, Susan, I wonder if some of your other uh, listeners who have come from differently styled families, let's just call it that, 
we realized, you know, we took a honeymoon when we got married. One honeymoon was just for me and Roger. And the other one was our family moon with the kids. And that was the last time we really got a chance to be alone for years and years and years. You know, when you you're starting a new family, you I mean, when you're, you know, it's just you and your husband, you get all this getting to know you time. And we had we didn't have that as a blended family. So we were we were kicking kids out. I'm not going to lie. We were they were well into their mid 20s. And we're like, there's got to be a different plan here, people. <laughs> uh, so we are two of our girls are our, our more adventurous ones left as soon as they possibly could. And the boys took some coke thing. And uh, so, no, we were not sad because we lived near all of them. We could visit them. They were over at our house all the time. We had, you know, every other week we were having dinners together. It was plenty. And we raised them to be, we didn't raise them to be good kids. We wanted to raise them to be good adults. And, you know, they're all in different stages of what they're doing. You know, some of them are walking with the Lord. Some of them are not. It, I feel like that's really, really common in what's going on in the world right now. And, but they're all great human beings. So we like interacting with them as grown up. Yes. It, it makes us really happy, but it's hard for grown ups to live in the same house. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're, we're on the yay mm-hmm. end of it. And we love when they come to visit. I feel very similarly to that. Yes. Yeah, you know, yeah. and and I think it's okay if you struggle. Know that that's not crazy. Yeah, but if totally you're not fun. struggling and all your friends are struggling, you are yeah. still a very good mother. <laughs> and I tell you, it it was like all of my friends were struggling, and I felt like a terrible mom. Uh-huh. And then I realized I think the blended family has a big part to do with that. But also, I'm just going to be honest with you, I. I did not, I never made my kids my whole life. Um, I, I just didn't, I homeschooled, but I've always had outside interests. I've always had outside things that I always wanted more time for. Mm -hmm. And at some point I really felt like it's not good for them to be living with us. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, it, it's, there's some things that are going backwards and we don't want that. So um yeah, I felt guilty for not feeling guilty, but I don't feel not guilty anymore because yeah. all of my friends are like, yeah, see you. We want, you know, come visit. Let's yeah. have a great weekend together. But the day-to-day stuff, that needed to be something that different. Need, yeah, it needed to be somebody else's circus. Yeah, yes, I yes. agree. And I found you in my own emptiness journey, or I was sort of edging towards the emptiness. And um, mm-hmm. I was like that finally, okay, I'm going to have the time to do this. I'd been writing, but you know, in the margins. And so I don't know if mm-hmm. I've ever told you, I found you. I, one of the first, it was a big deal to invest in myself because, you know, there was always money right. that needed to yeah. go towards curriculum or football or yeah. whatever, you know, lessons. And, and so um, I spent some money and I joined a group called Cultivate, which was Lisa Turkhurst writing group. Okay. And through that, oh, I got okay. to list, I got videos from She Speaks which is still my dream conference at Uh which you were speaking. And so I got watched a video of you and I was like, oh, she's my girl. And I just, you know, I connected with what you were saying. 
And then I followed you doing leverage and I dreamed about going to leverage, but that would never work. So I started listening to you and Michelle Kashat on your podcast. And it was like yes. a whole school on how to do stuff. And then, oh. so when my last one was graduating, I bought myself the writing at the red house retreat as my retirement gift for homeschooling, which was in 2020, as everyone knows, nobody yes. went on retreats in 2020. Yes. And, and we've had snowstorms and the mm -hmm. Caldor fire and I'll tell you, Susan, in November, we're announcing all those dates and your little group of people who paid and have left their money with us for four years are going to be the first ones to know yeah. when you can go. And I just want you to know that, and this is where, where God, you know, you're not, I was going to say Mary Poppins, but it's, um, it's uh, from Sound of Music, you know, the, uh, the, oh, the yes, mother yes. superior, it's still Jane, yes. Jane Andrews, but it, uh, Julie Andrews, yeah. golly, Julie it's Andrews. hard getting old. You know, no. like all the names melt together. Yeah. Julie Andrews, Mother Superior says, whenever right. God closes the door, he opens a window. And the Writers Collective has led me, which came out of shifting, mm -hmm. right? Making yes. do with the resources you have, making right. the new thing, because all of a sudden retreats got shut down. Um, you started yeah. the collective. And that has mm -hmm. been a, a subscription kind of thing, but that I'm getting training. And and it has helped wow. so much. It wasn't the first plan, right? It wasn't the plan. Yes, right. God so is not worried about a plan. You, yeah, go ahead. I have to ask you. I'm I'm swapping the interview on you, okay? Because isn't it interesting that so many of us are waiting for you know the kids to leave before we do the thing? Mm -hmm. And I love that you started to do a little bit of the thing before all the kids were gone. I started to really do the thing when my youngest was 18. Mm -hmm. I, I dipped my toe in earlier, but, um, you know, I wasn't going full bore until, you know, because there was just so much to manage. Yeah. But I think about this for my daughters, um, that I want them to find what they're passionate about and invest early mm -hmm. because. I have to say through a very hard first marriage and a um, a blending of a family, if I didn't have that extra thing, I think I would have lost myself. Yeah. And I think about this for my girls. I don't want them to go from their parents' house to, unless this is their deep desire, but I don't want them to have to squash themselves down. And I feel like I had to do that for several years until I married somebody who's like, there's no squashing in this house. We're, mm. we're, we're doing the thing. And so like, what was it that said, no, I am going to, what made you invest in Lisa Turker's thing? What was I, it inside I of I think you? it was, I felt I had, I had things in my heart. I wanted to write. I found mm -hmm. I'm, I had learned. One thing I learned was that I had to start the easiest way possible and not to let perfection mm -hmm. get in the way. So I started with a blog, Ooh. I mean, on blogger. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, it was basic, but it, it allowed me to write and get stuff out there. And if three people read it, at least I'd written something and I, it was easy because I could go back and edit it, you know, and then I had this book mm -hmm. I wanted to write. We had gone through a really hard thing and I'd learned the Lord had taught me this whole thing on prayer. And so I wrote a book called Unceasing that was about this paradigm shift on prayer and praying for your children and particularly as they're adults. And, and that you know, it's not like it sold several thousand books, but it's not like it's, you know, a bestseller. It was, I self-published and, and it was. Dude, the, wait, 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 wait. 
you self-publish a book that has sold several thousand copies. Yeah. That's okay. I did not know that. Yeah. You know, you were you were being my hype girl in the beginning because of 20 books. Can I just tell you, first of all, self-publishing is hard. Mm. And if you did this more than like two years ago, it was harder. And for you to hand sell, and that's really what it is when you're self-publishing, a couple of thousands of copies, that's a huge accomplishment. You should be very proud of yourself. I'm 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 very grateful that I that there was the opportunity, you know, to self-publishing was there at all. Yes. And then I yes. could do that because I don't think I was ready to do the whole, mm-hmm. the whole try to sell it thing. I, I think yeah. I just needed but, to publish it. And I felt this urge to publish it. And it's been for people that needed it at the moment who were going through the deep, right. dark valleys of feeling yeah. like, you know, what do I do with this child and how in the world do I pray for them anymore? All I'm doing is, ah, mm-hmm. which is fine, by the way, you can pray yeah. like that. Yeah. And, um, but yeah. it, so anyway, I wanted that message out and yeah. there was just that sense of so the first thing I ever did. I remember so clearly walking into half price books, half price books. So it's not even full price mm-hmm. and buying Stephen King's on writing because everybody said that you have to read that book, but buying that's, my that's book my for favorites. writing. Yeah for me was a step. Mm-hmm. And so that was a tiny step. Right. I have to take a tiny step and then I can take a medium step and then I can take a big step. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how it's worked. I and love so the red and you house know what? was a big that's step. So beautiful. So you did the, what if, what if, what if mm-hmm. in your own way, what if I bought a, a, you know, Stephen King's on writing and read about how he created Carrie and about his daily routine and how he wrote through his accident. And like that gives you perseverance to take the next step. And then the writing at the Red House retreat, which, by the way, is not a cheap thing to do. We all, you know, it's just not. It's a huge step. I'm that's so amazing. I love that you did that. Yeah. OK, so back to you. <laughs> yes. OK. <laughs> Okay, so you talked about this Red House, which is amazing. And um, it has been through fire and snow. Has it been through flood yet? No flood. Yay! Yay. Okay, because I thought of this verse today as I was thinking about you this morning. Isaiah 43, 1 through 4. Mm-hmm. Part of it is, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I've called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, mm-hmm. they will not overwhelm you. And you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. And the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your sa- Savior. Because you are precious in my eyes and honored. And I love you. And I just love how God takes us through the fires of life and he take, we do go through fires and floods and things, but he takes us through and how he's landed you in this place. Susan, the only reason that it is not snow is because there was not snow where the Bible was written. Mm -hmm. Um, Because Mm -hmm. you know what? Those waters, they came to us. They were just Mm -hmm. frozen. They were frozen. the pictures you put up were crazy. Yeah, we had snow that was taller than me. And I'm not short. I'm five six. Yeah. And we've had pictures of Roger sledding our chickens out of the coop to get them to safety. Like, yeah, no, that verse inco- it encapsulates it perfectly. Now, here's what I do want to be careful about because 
during the Caldor fire, half of our town was lost. Mm -hmm. And I don't believe that God said, oh, I'm going to save Kathy, but not the rest of these. You know, I, I understand that, you know, that I, I understand that I don't understand why my house was saved. And that's okay that I don't understand. Um, I and we we rely on God to help the people who are still rebuilding and doing those things. But it just as easily could have been my house. Yeah. And I, I, it, I think that's so important to remember because if someone hears that yes. and goes, "Well, I guess God doesn't love me because my house burned," right. that's you know not what, what that's I not, believe at all. That's not it no. at all. I was watching a video of some people that were gathering in the in the lobby of a hotel in Maui and praising wow. the Lord and they had lost everything okay. and that is the the testimony that comes out of that is is that he is with you through the fire and he is with right. you through the flood and all that that could be taken from you. Um, my grandfather actually died in a flood, you know, things, bad oh. things happen on this earth. So it's not that, but he carries yes. us through it. Right. And, so, uh, and that I believe with my full chest mm -hmm. that God was with us through all of that. And at one point, Susan, we were sure our house was gone. We were 100% sure. You look at the NASA fire maps, the house was we thought now here's the thing we did lose two acres mm. but you know as as many of us in fire safety learn you have to burn the acreage at some point for the regrowth mm -hmm. to happen isn't that uh what uh -huh. but um you know we we were devastated but we were okay mm. because we knew that god was with us and we knew that um you know, we still wanted to figure out how to help other people because we knew that even if we lost our house, we still had more than some of our neighbors. And that's what we had to figure out. Yeah. Yeah. And in that place, then you have a spot of ministry. Now your house that has been saved is a place to minister to others who, who, do, who yeah. didn't have that. Yes. And that's what we want. We want this to be a place. You know, I look at all those people in Maui who are opening up their their extra rooms, their lanais, their front yards with tents for people to come. There is so much ministry going on there and so much devastation. Mm -hmm. And in our fire, I mean, it's unbelievable. It's a miracle. Nobody died. 900 structures, 700 that were homes. You know, that mm -hmm. changes somebody's life forever. And but God is still real and God is still present. Yes. Amen. Which is such an important message. Mm -hmm. that if you feel like, okay, my house is standing, but my life is burning around me. God can carry you through that. And he can have something on the other yes. side. Isn't she amazing? Come back next week for episode 512 and the second half of my interview with Kathy. And check out her book, Accidental Homesteader.